Welcome to Matter of Principles, a podcast from the Association of Washington School Principals. We've got some original podcasts in our feed. The podcast you're about to hear is the audio from an episode of AWSP TV, our talk show for principals. Make sure to tune in to our live episodes and catch all of our shows by subscribing to our YouTube channel. In the meantime, enjoy the audio from this episode of AWSP TV. Okay. Welcome to another episode of AWSP TV. I'm David Morrill, the Communications Director here. I'm usually on the other side of the camera, but I have the special pleasure of interviewing Dr. Susan Enfield from Highland Public Schools. Welcome to the studio. Thank you, David. Happy to be here. Okay. So you have a pretty cool story. You went to Cal Berkeley for your undergrad. Go Bears! You went to Stanford for one of your masters, mm. Harvard for another, and you also got your superintendent credential from Harvard. Mm -hmm. So my question was, or is, was the University of Phoenix all full? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I didn't get that one. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just very fortunate. I always knew that I wanted to go to Berkeley undergrad. Okay. And uh, my grandparents went there, met there, actually. And uh, I'm a San Francisco girl, so it was local. I didn't mm -hmm. want to go far from home. And I loved my time at Cal. Uh, and when it came time, I worked for a few years to go back and get my teaching credential. Um, Stanford had the best program. It was a one-year master's and teaching credential program that um, I learned a tremendous amount in, and there was really no other program locally like it. And then fast forward several years later, when it came time for me to pursue a doctorate and the superintendency, which I never in a million years thought I would do, um, Harvard's program, again, was very unique. It was two years of coursework in one year. So clearly I like sort of condensed timelines, <laughs> uh -huh. which probably says a lot for the pace at which I work if you talk with the people I work with so nice that's efficient <laughs> that's right that's so right tell, tell me a little bit more about your journey so how did you get to Highline from from your academic career so I began my career as a, a high school English ELL and journalism teacher okay. in the San Francisco Bay Area and then I became a school improvement coach and I worked with middle and high schools in the Bay Area this is back in the late 90s um, early 2000s that were um, doing standards based um, data-driven school improvement and um, supported principals in working with their teacher teams to use data to improve uh, systems at their schools, which at the time was pretty new. We weren't using a lot of student data back then, so it was pretty cutting edge. But I missed the classroom because I loved being a teacher, and so I was getting ready to go back to the classroom when I was at my dad's house in San Francisco, and I was reading Education Week, and I saw an ad for the Harvard Urban Superintendents Program, and I applied and got in and took me from Massachusetts to Pennsylvania, to Oregon, to Washington, um, and then most recently before Highline, I served in Seattle Public Schools and uh, made the decision to leave. And fortunately, Highline was open, okay. and I learned about Highline and went and interviewed, and um, best professional move of my career. Well, that's great. One of the reasons that I invited you here today is because you are amazing in supporting principals. So it, on Twitter, National Principals Month, you're out there, every building, picture with every um, every principal, clearly not photoshopped, you know, different <laughs> compliments about everybody else. So that that's one of the reasons you're here. Um, you talked about never have been a principal before, but tell me a little bit about, you know, like you said, a little bit more about how you supported and coached principals and kind of what, what you see their role as today, because it's changed quite a bit. It has, uh, and I think maybe that's why I um, can do what I do in supporting principals in the way that I do. When I was a school improvement coach, I was actually coaching principals uh, to work with their staff, not having been a principal myself. But I didn't go in pretending to have the answers for them or to tell them what to do. I came in as a resource. I said, look, I'm here to support you and be a resource and a sounding board. 
um, and ideally add to your toolkit and give you more strategies to use with your staff. And so when I became a school administrator, I sort of used that same theory of action, if you will. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to help put the conditions in place for you to do it. And I think in some ways, maybe never having been a principal helps me because I don't pretend to know what my principal's job is. Mm -hmm. But it is my job as a superintendent to make sure that they have the supports and conditions in place to do what they need to do for kids. Yeah, I mean, you talk about how that job has changed. And the same thing for superintendents also. Mm -hmm. What do you think have been the biggest changes in the last, you know, five to ten years? And, and how, how do you support, your, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, but like, is there anything specifically that you do to support principals in Highline? Yeah, so first of all, I think for principals and superintendents in recent years, the shift has really been to, it isn't enough just to be a great manager, though it is important that you manage. You have to manage your building or your system in service of instruction, yeah. which means you need to know how to support good teaching and learning in your school or in your system. And I'm not sure that was as much of a priority in, in prior years mm -hmm. for school and district leaders as it is now and it really is a non-negotiable now mm -hmm. so that has I think changed the way in which we support principals in their jobs so we when I was in Seattle we began working with Meredith Honig out of the University of Washington who's done the sort of the preeminent research on central office transformation and at the heart of that is the principal supervisor role and how the central office needs to create partnerships with principals around the work so we have what we call instructional leadership executive directors in Highline and they each um, support and supervise roughly eight schools, okay. uh, which is a pretty good ratio, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that means they can be out in schools, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much four days a week. Um, is all they do instruction? No, because as I said, we have, they have to, the principal has to manage their building in service of instruction. So how do you help them prioritize their time and distribute leadership so that they can turn their attention to helping teachers get better at their job so that it's happening for kids. I mean, my, my high-level theory of action is as a superintendent um, and as a, all central office leaders, our job is to put the conditions in place for principals to do their job. So they, in turn, can put the conditions in place for teachers to do theirs and other staff in the building. And in turn, we make it happen for kids. Yeah, yeah, and it's getting a little bit harder for principals to do that. Mm -hmm. you know, social media has been a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. I mentioned you know, Twitter. Um, so tell me a little bit about, I know you've won a bunch of school awards, so I'm going to uh, reverse course just a little bit. You have most recently been nominated as a finalist for the 2020 ASAA Women in Leadership Award. You've won the Washington State Public Relations Association uh, Crystal Apple Award. Um, there's a lot of awards. I googled Susan Enfield Award and then it was like pages <laughs> and pages. Can you tell me about your favorite? Uh, well, my favorite award is an award I got for an award. So. Um, so first of all, I think that when I was a teacher, a high school teacher, um, some colleges and universities have their incoming freshmen nominate a teacher who had the biggest influence on them when they were a high school student. And I have several of those from students who had gone off to college and said that as, their, as during their high school experience, I had the biggest impact. I think that has always meant the most, but fast forward to many years later, which is today. Um, last year, the National School Foundation Association named me their superintendent of the year, which was a tremendous honor. But the real honor came when four of my principals, all of whom I have hired, um, said, we want to go celebrate with you. And they took me out to a very nice dinner and then presented me with a lovely crystal plaque um, with their names on it. And I thought, I've never gotten an award for getting an award, especially from four people whom I respect and admire and have such great affection for. So that one has a special place in my heart. That, yeah, that's, that's a cool story. So <laughs> one of the things when we were gonna have you on that I wanted to do is I wanted to see what principals were saying about you because you do such a good job of supporting your principals. Uh -oh. You know that <laughs> job is really tough. I wasn't warned about this. Time. No, no. So 
We're going to see how well I can read okay. on camera, right? Okay. Okay. So, Dr. Enfield truly appreciates and values her principles. She listens and respects what we have to say about certain initiatives and practices we take on because she knows we are in the trenches. I never hesitate to reach out to her with concerns. She is beyond approachable and truly genuine in everything she says and does. How many principals can say that about their superintendent? I'm going to skip a little to the end. My superintendent is the real deal. Please be sure to read every word of this. Sorry, I did not do that. <laughs> I truly love her. Aww. Okay, so there's one. Um, again, we just sent out an email. People came back. There was a lot of emails. Aww. Um, one of their first principals wrote, what I love about working with Susan is she's always a phone call away or an email away. She responds quicker than she should, even on weekends and evenings. She always creates next steps, supports new ideas, and works to solve problems immediately. Her responsiveness is unrivaled. Having that close relationship and instant feedback between principal and superintendent is so powerful. Hmm. So take note, other superintendents. <laughs> um, just going in there, uh, another principal wrote, um, she's someone I look to, up to both personally and professionally, a solid example of what women can do, a person who connects with other, uh, a, a person who connects with principals on a human level. Dr. E is the real deal. Um, a few things I appreciate about Susan. She is both kind and direct. She is consistent as it relates to decisions, communication, and management. She is student-centered, which we always try and do here. We notice kids first in the back Absolutely. of our board here. It's mm -hmm. all about kids. She is both a systems thinker while always considering the impact on individual students and buildings. She values relationships by establishing structures that allow principals to connect with her in a variety of mediums. Building visits, one-on-ones, small group meetings, and social media. Um, I'll just skip to the last one here. There's so much more I could say, but ultimately I feel incredibly respected and valued by Dr. Enfield. Hmm. Well, the feelings are most mutual. So I, I'll leave you with these. Thank but you. Yeah, That's now my favorite word. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was, you know, because you never, sometimes the, the image we put out is not what the reality is, and you are the real deal. We have tons of great feedback about those relationships and what you do to support principals. Well, thank you for that. that. That's a wonderful gift. I will say that I think as with anything, it really does come down to relationships. Mm -hmm. And because I'm in my eighth year in Highline, I have been able to build relationships with my principals, both those that we've brought in from elsewhere and those that we've promoted from within. And uh, one of the things that I try to do to make sure that we do have, that we're doing that relationship building outside of the classroom and, and the central office is I once a month have sunset with the soup. Okay. And so I take about eight principals, 10 principals out for happy hour. <laughs> um, and it's just a great way for us to just connect. And sometimes we talk shop, sometimes we don't. Mm -hmm. But it's just my way of saying thank you to them for the work they do because um, you know, I, I don't think we should get into a contest of who works harder in public education. Everybody works hard in public mm -hmm. education. That said, I think uh, the job of the principal today is, is a very complex, um, rewarding, mm -hmm. and time-consuming one. And so I have great respect for the principals with whom I work, and they teach me a lot, mm -hmm. um, and they humble me. Um, and remind me, I think, when I need to rethink a strategy <laughs> or maybe hit pause on something. And one of the things I try to do is listen yeah. uh, because they're very wise and uh, they know a lot of times better than I sort of what the pulse is within our buildings. And so I think superintendents would be wise to listen to what their principals have to say more often. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of things I want to touch on there um, in terms of relationships, longevity, 
and uh, that unique role the principal has. Mm -hmm. We have this video, um, if you go to awsp.org slash hourglass, you can watch it. It's my 90 second animated video. And if you think about the principalship as um, an hourglass, okay. you know, you have at the top, you have your state policies, district policies, national policies that filter down. Mm -hmm. And they don't mean anything unless the principal implements them well, yep. right, with fidelity. Yep. Right. So you can have the best initiative and the best policies, but it's up to the principal at the school level totally. to implement. Totally. And that filters down through the teachers and then ultimately to the students. Mm -hmm. But if you flip that hourglass over, then you have student needs, teacher needs, all the kind of boots in the ground things that come up that filter through the principal. And the principal says, you know, this is what's happening in the school. Mm -hmm. These are what I see as needs. Um, and so it's a really unique role where mm -hmm. they're kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah. And the more things that you add to that system and the more big grains of sand you put in the hourglass, if you don't have capacity at the school yeah. at the school level, if you don't have the APs or the principal isn't supported or overwhelmed, then nothing really happens and yeah. you get a log jam. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say uh, the demands on all of us right now in public education, I think particularly in urban systems, mm -hmm. where the sense of urgency is so great to achieve equity and excellence, uh, means that we are always facing one more thing to do. And, you know, a lot of times when I'm out in a school, I'll have someone say, oh my gosh, you know, there's so much, there's so much, we need, we need more support, we need more support. And I've learned to take the time and really stop and say, tell me what you need and actually sometimes they can articulate something, but many times they can't. And it's not that they don't need anything. I think what they need first and foremost is to be heard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, what, our, what my colleagues who are working in buildings want is to know that I know how challenging it is mm -hmm. and that the decisions that we are making as a system at central office keep that front and center. Um, in what we do. Now that doesn't mean that we don't still take on what we have to take on. Unfortunately, that's the nature of the job. But how we help people prioritize, right, um, what they do and when, I think is, is critical to making it manageable. Because mm -hmm. it can quickly become unmanageable. Oh, for sure. Especially, you know, we see, I think the national statistics are one in four principals in the same building after five years. Mm -hmm. And so if you have principal turnover, you're mm -hmm. not building relationships and you need relationships before change. Mm -hmm. and you, if you can't come in new, at, you know, new to a building, new to a school, new to a district, and just expect to say, oh, here's everything that we need to change until people trust you, they understand where you're coming from. So what, what do you do um, you know, to build those relationships and keep principals in the building longer? Well, I mean, aside I from listening and all the- And happy hour. And happy hour, um, yeah. I would, say, I would say that um, having a good principal supervisor Right, so that ILED role, that principal supervisor role, I think is so important. You have to have somebody who truly sees themselves in support of principals, and the principals see that as someone that they can go to for what they need. I think as a superintendent, then, you know, my job is to really do a lot of the brokering, right? How am I brokering the resources externally and mm -hmm. supports that our principals and schools need in order to succeed? Um, and I think that's the role that a superintendent plays, but I would say that supervisor role is critical and one of the things that I think we some days get right in Highline and some days get wrong is creating time and space for principals to come together. Okay. Um, they need that and they want that and what we struggle with is how how do we balance giving them that time where they just own it and it's theirs mm -hmm. and using that time for that which we know we need to work with them on and again I think some days we get the balance right and some days we don't but most more than anything what I hear from principals is they want time together mm -hmm. they want to learn from one another they want to commiserate with one another <laughs> they want to yeah. celebrate with one another um, and I think that's something that we could all do a better job 
of providing. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about being in a bigger system is that you do have some colleagues and peers. And mm -hmm. that's one of our big initiatives at AWSP is to try and create more connections with, with members. Mm -hmm. We know that regardless of the size of your district, it can mm -hmm. be a lonely job. Mm -hmm. and um, a very isolating job. Mm -hmm. And so we have worked hard to create you know, regional networks and yep. structures through our boards and yep. committees, advisory councils, because you know, we want principals to feel heard and mm -hmm. feel like they have a place to even just kind of unwind and vent a little sure. bit. Sure. And you know, we get, um, we've had a lot of great principals who give up a lot of time for us to serve mm -hmm. on boards. Mm -hmm. And I remember my first weekend working at AWSP, or my, not my first weekend, but my first weekend of board meetings. So I was thinking, well, here we go. You know, I got to go work on a weekend and a board meetings with a bunch of principals. So I thought I was expecting the worst. <laughs> and what I found was it was incredible. Um, you know, a great group of people, super fun. But when you get them all together in their safe space, it turned into like principal spring break. Totally. Because, you know, they don't have that opportunity to unwind. Yep. You know, we've done a couple surveys in, two years in a row now. And, um, you know, 72% have said the job is a negative to slightly negative effect on personal relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, the majority are working six days a week. I think 72% are working more than 56 hours. So when you can give, and that's why I love that, um, the sunset, you know, the happy hours, mm -hmm. and just give them the opportunity to connect as people, to talk with each other. And a lot of times that's when that best professional learning happens, as you know, right? It's not scheduled, it's informal. Yeah, I would say too that, um, because it, it, the job will take everything out of you. I mean, leadership in school systems today is not easy. And so I believe very strongly that I have to model health and family, health and family first. Mm -hmm. So I say that all the time, but I really have to walk it, mm -hmm. right? So um, I try to model it by the decisions I make and being very public when I make time to mm -hmm. take care of myself and my family so that in, not that people need my permission, but it gives that permission, right? If the superintendent yeah. can do it, then I can do it. Um, but I also think too, just being in touch with your principals when something happens. I, I, I know I don't do it, you know, 100% of the time, but I really try to be aware um, when something's going on in my principal's personal and professional life mm -hmm. to reach out and just say, I don't want you to worry about this. We've got your back. Um, few months ago actually I got a call I got a text on a Saturday from a principal uh, whom I've known now for several years and uh, the principal just said do you have time to talk and I said you know sure let me so we talked and uh, this person said I'm actually not calling you as my superintendent I'm calling you as a friend this person had just gone through sort of a double family tragedy mm -hmm. and um, was just sitting in their car just a little bit paralyzed on sort of what do I do now? And um, just wanted to reach out and just say, you know, I need help <laughs> and I just need you to know. And so we talked for a little bit and I made sure that uh, we were doing what we need to do as a system to professionally support this person mm -hmm. in taking care of themselves. But I think sometimes just knowing that when life happens, because life does happen, mm -hmm. that work will keep going. Yep. It, it does. The work fairies don't come and do it for you in your absence, in my experience. But the beauty of being part of a team, and I do believe that in Highline, we've, we have a wonderful team, means you're not alone. So we will take care of it while you go off and take care of you and your family, because that's, what, that's what's most important. Yeah, you know, culture starts from the top. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we preach that for principals all the time. Yep. You know, that number one, there's a reason it's the first criteria, yeah. right, for principal evaluation, is that um, that culture of caring, that building relationships, that matters. We know students learn better when there's a relationship. Yep. You know, they um, they just want to be, they want to know that someone loves and cares for them mm -hmm. and that has their best interest in heart. Mm -hmm. But more than they want to know calculus or AP history or any of That's that. Right. So, um, you know, it's great to hear. 
So what would you say, you know, to kind of wrap up here, mm -hmm. what do you think some of the takeaways are for superintendents? Um, maybe start actually by talking about what can principals do? So if you don't have a great principal-superintendent relationship, and mm -hmm. that's a two-way street, but what are some things that principals can do to have better relationships with their um, superintendent or their supervisor? So I would say, I think it starts first of all, and I tell this to superintendents as well, fit matters. So where you choose to lead needs to be a very deliberate decision on your part. And you need to make sure that whether it's a school or a district, the values that you have as a person and as a leader match up with the values of that system and that system leadership. So that's number one, choose wisely. Uh, number two, once you've chosen, uh, don't be shy to build the relationship. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy getting an invitation from a principal or a teacher, for that matter, to come out, hey, come out to our school, we're doing X. Mm -hmm. you know, now, the one thing I'll say is I need more than two days notice, <laughs> and that's the other thing, and my calendar kind of yeah. books up, but, 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 but you know, reach out to them and say, hey, we're gonna have these four performances this year. I would love for you to get one on your calendar, and I'd love for you to come so that I can show you what I'm so proud of in the school. Um, so, so build that relationship through the positive. And then I would also say, um, and, and don't be afraid to advocate. Mm -hmm. right respectfully and professionally for that which you and your staff and your children in your school need and and look at and, and don't look at um, it shouldn't be a central I, I still think that too many people get mired in this antiquated model of school versus district mm -hmm. we're actually all on the same team <laughs> yeah. we're actually all showing up every day whether we're working in nutrition services or driving a bus or working as a guest teacher or a paraprofessional or a lead teacher or a principal or an ILED. We're all showing up each day to make it happen for kids. So remembering that you're all on the same team and not falling prey to that, that the central office is my enemy, mm -hmm. right? We're in it That's together. That's the legislature, right? <laughs> I don't know. Just kidding. I, you know, I, I think yeah. it goes way, way back. But I yeah. think, And I think what I would say to superintendents um, is aside from just the human factor, just from a strategic leadership standpoint, the only way I can guarantee quality in my school system to parents and community members is through the principals I hire. Mm -hmm. Because I don't hire teachers. Yeah. I don't hire paraprofessionals. I hire principals and then let them do that. So the way that I can look a parent in Highline in the eye and say, your child is going to a great school with, you know, with a great staff is because I have hired that principal and I believe that person is the right person for that school and doing a great job. So I think as a superintendent, if you lose sight of the fact that the only shot you have at quality control in your school systems through the principals you hire, you're missing the boat. And so I think on a, on a purely strategic level, yeah. that's what motivates me. Um, but then I think, you know, I just so admire the work that our principals do. I mean, you know, the first week of school, I was out in a school building and uh, one of our elementary school principals uh, was on, lying on the floor with a, a little one who was having a hard day, mm -hmm. you know, wanted grandma to come pick him up. And, you know, there she is in her work clothes, lying on the floor, having a conversation and, you know, stayed there until they actually got him to a place where he could get up and move on. Um, that's what principals do. Uh, and, and I would argue that in the, the, one of the greatest gifts I have in Highline, aside from our kids, uh, is, and, and all of the staff, I mean, we have really exceptional principals. Um, I, I would argue some of the best. I would put our principals up against any in the country. And I think that's um, it's a gift to me because I have great colleagues, but more importantly, it's a gift to the staff and students in that building because we also know that why teachers and staff stay in a building 
more than more than working conditions, more than compensation, quality of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so that quality of principle matters so, so much. Just don't think you can overemphasize it. Yeah, you send up kind of the role of the principal right there. It's no job too big, no job too small. That's right. Right? I mean, absolutely from right. lunchroom duty to, you know, backup janitorial mm -hmm. services. Yep. Um, you know, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That's right. So, talking about principals, I know you have, you could probably name, if I ask who your favorite principal is, you'd probably give me every single principal you have in Highline. Yeah. But thinking back in your past, mm -hmm. was there a favorite principal, maybe, um, you know, from when you were in school or mm -hmm. somewhere along the way that kind of inspired you or made you think about leadership in a different light? Yeah, I, I think not only inspired me at the time, but I think helped shape the teacher and leader that I am today. I went to a Catholic school in San Francisco, K-8, and Sister Damien was the principal there. And I had known from second grade on that I wanted to be a teacher. I used to teach my dolls and stuffed animals <laughs> in my bedroom, which a lot of teachers actually did. If you ask that question in a meeting, a lot of hands go up. And um, she knew that I loved teaching, wanted to be a teacher. And so let me basically help teach the kindergarten oh, nice. summer school program, right, as an eighth grader. Yeah. So here I am in eighth grade, and she's giving me um, not just a, a leadership opportunity, but also tapping into something that she knows I have a deep interest in. And sort of really fueling that love for teaching that was already sort of in me, but I think propelled me moving forward to know that I wanted to go into teaching and then eventually leadership. And I would argue that it was those, and I could you know, probably speak to you know, maybe half a dozen of those seminal moments in my life that helped me become the teacher I am, but more importantly, the leader I am, and probably was the beginning of what has become our Highline promise, right? Okay. To know every student by name, strength, and need, so they graduate prepared for the future they choose. Because Sister Damien, she knew me, she right? Yep. And she knew my strengths, and she knew what I needed. Um, you know, my home life was not, as very few are, smooth and easy all the time. Um, and I felt I had a sense of belonging and a sense of being seen and a sense of being valued. And at the end of the day, that's what every child wants and what every family wants for their child. And the more that we can commit to making that a reality in our public schools every day for our kids, the stronger our public school system will be and the greater support we'll have for public schools in our country. Was that Sister Damien? Sister Damien. Damien, yeah. Mm -hmm. So she um, unknowingly could be part of our Future Educators Month. So <laughs> February, we've branded Future Educators Month. We've had this thing called the Give Me Your Kids campaign. So nice. the idea is that um, as a principal, you can come to a teacher or um, even a student, you know, and say. It was a long time ago, David. I'm yeah. older than I look. So, <laughs> yeah. Say that, you know, I see great leadership potential <laughs> in you. I could give you the keys to the school, right? So when, you right, know, when yeah. she was involving you in, it in was teaching. Great. And that's what we're hoping um, that folks do because I love that. you know we know we need quality people in education, um, and we've talked about some of the statistics. It's not an easy job, but mm -hmm. it is a very rewarding job. Mm -hmm. And so we're asking you know all this month, um, you know students um, or teachers, if you see students you think that would make great teachers, just tap them on the shoulder and say, have you thought about a career in education? I love that. And if you're a principal and if you have a great teacher that shows leadership, have you ever thought about that? I think whether it's about teaching or paraprofessional or assistant principal, principal, assistant superintendent, superintendent, I, I don't think we should be shy about talking about the challenges of the job. Mm -hmm. But I think we also have to equally talk about the joys. 
And because we want good people, mission-driven, equity-driven people to go into these jobs. And if we only talk about how hard it is, no one's going to want to go into these yeah. jobs. But at the end of the day, and, and I'm now I think getting, and people are probably tuned me out when I say this, I say it so much. I say this about the job of the superintendent, but frankly, I think it applies to any job in public education, particularly principals. Um, when people ask, do you love your job? I say, most days. <laughs> But every day I love the work. Yeah, oh yeah. And I make a clear distinction between the job and the work. And I tell this to my principals too, because the job, the job will grind you down. The yeah. job is the politics, the nastiness, um, the hypocrisy, <laughs> the 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 distractions from what you really want to do. But the work, the work of serving children, yeah. that's a gift every day. It's like and my mom used to say to my sister, I don't always like you, but I will always love you. That's right. That's right? it. Same so, thing with the job, right? So, you know, we, we, we endure the job on the hard days. And yeah. most days we don't endure it. Most days we love it. But on the days where it's hard, we endure the job for the sake of the work. And I think that would be equally true for our principals because there are hard days. But um, if you focus on the work, which is your why, mm -hmm. the kids are our why. And that's why we do the work, keeps you in it, even on the hard days. Well, that is a great reminder. I think that um, should pretty much wrap up our episode. I wanted to thank you again for being thank here. Thank you, David. Thank you for all you do to support uh, principals especially, because thank obviously you. that's our lens here. That's what we're all about. Um, and thank you for all you do for kids. Thank you. It was great right. being here. Appreciate your support of our principals as well. Well, uh, that's it for us. So tune in next time for another episode of AWSP TV. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to this on YouTube so you never miss an episode. We also will turn this into a podcast, so if you don't want to sit down at your computer, you can listen in the car. <laughs> and um, We might look better on a podcast. We might look better on a podcast, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would for sure, but anyway. All right, well, thank you for tuning in again, and uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To catch all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch AWSB TV and our other great video content. If you have ideas for guests or topics you'd like to hear about, shoot me an email at david at awsp.org. We'll do our best to make it happen. On behalf for all of us at AWSP, we hope you tune in again. Keep up the great work for kids, and we'll see you next time.